Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hill knows that when we eat well, we live well. When we live well, we have rich, vibrant lives. By focusing our eating on properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods, Kelly Hill teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be. Now here's your host, Kelly Hill. Welcome to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Many people have heard the terms genetically modified or genetically engineered And many understand we're discussing our food when we talk about genetic modification. But there's still a lot of confusion about exactly what is happening to our food. And I'll admit, I'm no expert. I have my own beliefs and my own shopping habits. But I wanted to have a real authority here to talk about this this issue that can be not only confusing, but controversial. So I'm fortunate today to have Sandra Lee joining me. Sandra's an expert on genetically modified organisms, having trained at the Institute for Responsible Technology. She gives presentations not only on GMOs, but other topics related to food and health. So thank you, Sandra, for joining us today. You're welcome. It's glad, I'm glad to be with you. Fabulous. Well, let's just get right to it. You know, we hear gen- the word genetic modification, and that sounds like this big scientific word. So what exactly is it? They make it sound like, uh, well, so have you heard of biotechnology? Sure. Right. So the companies that make these genetically modified organisms are biotechnology companies. And they say it's a very precise science. What they're doing is they're taking, uh, you know what DNA is? Yes. Right. That's the genetic material that determines the qualities and the properties of everything that's alive basically, and they find an organism that has a property that they want, that they want to give this property to some other organism. So I'm going to give you an example, okay? So if you have a bacteria that um, survives application of an herbicide, then when you apply herbicide to it, it doesn't kill it. And so, there, so we have an organism that is going to grow its own ability to defend itself against a pesticide, even though they're going to put this pesticide onto the plant. Yes. Okay. And this, this same sort of thing can occur with a- antibiotic resistance, right? So it's like we have all heard about bacteria that are resistant to the antibiotics we give it. Yes. Right? Well, that we take to be able to get rid of whatever infection it is that bacteria is causing, right? So there is a piece of that bacteria's DNA that makes it that it is able to resist that antibiotic. So they're, they're, yeah, so they're actually mutating the DNA. Yes. So now we're going to go back to the example of the herbicide because this actually applies to what's going on in our food, okay? So have you heard of Roundup herbicide? Sure. Roundup is the most commonly used 
herbicide, meaning weed killer, that is applied to not just food crops but all sorts of other uses as well. Okay? So they have found a bacteria that is able to survive Roundup. And so they took part of the DNA. Okay? So DNA has lots of what we call genes in it. Right, these gene segments that code for certain properties in the final organism. So they have found these bacteria that are able to survive Roundup. And so they isolated in the DNA of that bacteria where that gene is that makes it so it's able to survive the Roundup. And they take that section of DNA out, and then basically they shoot it into whatever plant they want to have be able to survive Roundup. So this is the most commonly used genetically modified trait because it's in almost all of the plant crops that are genetically modified. And and now I've heard this as uh, the term Roundup Ready seeds. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So the biggest, thing, the most common examples are Roundup Ready corn and Roundup Ready soybeans. So, so if you I... have if you have this field of corn growing, and a big issue for farmers is dealing with weeds. Sure. Roundup makes it easy for them to deal with weeds because Roundup kills all the weeds, theoretically. That gets more complicated, but basically that's, that's the principle of it. So because these, pro- these crops are Roundup ready, they don't get killed by the application of Roundup, which so is, they, which so is they a good deal it. for the farmer. So they plant it. And uh, the, the, say, let's say corn. So the corn grows, they're able to spray the Roundup on it, kill other weeds, but the corn is, is safe. And so then we're, we're supposed to eat that, correct? Yes. And- so that is basically the, the gist of what genetic modification is. It's a scientific process where they shoot some gene from one organism into a completely different kind of organism which is so, completely different from the way we normally breed food crops. It's different well, that, from hybridization. Well, that was going to be my next question then, because to some extent, so what's the difference? Because obviously we, we've had pl- you know, crops forever that we've cross-pollinated and created new crops. This, this is completely different than that. Yes, the process is different. So both of them have genetic modification. Right? The DNA itself is changed. I mean, every time you take one person and another person and you have a child together, that child's DNA is different from both parents. Right? So it's like if you take one kind of tomato and you cross it with another kind of tomato, you get a tomato, but its DNA is going to be different. Okay? So that's hybridization. You're taking two similar plants and you're breeding them together. Okay? But you're never going to have... Um, a fish and a tomato breeding together. You're no, never I wouldn't ha- think so. No, it's, it's not possible because the DNA is too different. So the process of genetic modification takes DNA from two very different organisms where you would never naturally have a crossing of those DNAs, a mixing of those DNAs into one organism. They make it technologically possible by shooting it in there. And they say that it's a very precise process, but in actuality, it's like taking a shot in the dark. It's random. They don't know what's going to happen when they do this. 
so I, I mean, truthfully, I have to admit that this doesn't sound even re- any, any close to a natural product at this point. Absolutely not. It would never, ever occur in nature. So um, just you know, based on that, I kind of want to avoid these foods until we're, we have some better understanding of them. So which foods are currently being genetically modified? The most common genetically modified crops are soy, corn, cottonseed, and canola. And I encourage people to remember that. Soy, corn, cottonseed, canola. Soy, corn, cottonseed, canola. So when you go to the grocery store, what you're looking for when you read ingredient labels is anything that is likely to be a derivative of soy, corn, cottonseed, and canola. Those are the most common, okay? And one place where they show up very, very frequently is in vegetable oils. Those four are used in vegetable oil. So if you are looking at an ingredient and it says vegetable oil or, you know, oil, then it's going to have at least one of those in it, and it's almost always going to be genetically modified. Basically, if, unless it's certified organic, it's going to be genetically modified. Now, if you have something that says olive oil, then you know it's olive oil and it's not genetically modified. If it says coconut oil, then you know, you know what it is. If it says sunflower oil, you know what it is. But if it just says vegetable oil or like you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and you have french fries or fried food, you know, those are going to be fried in um, a mixture of these fats. So those are all coming from genetically modified sources. Then you look at other foods where they take the, the protein from those various things and they mutated into all these different forms. Mutate is not the right word, but they change it in all these different forms so they can put it into our food and have us not know that that's what it is. So very commonly. Well, so when I'm, I'm looking at, let's, let's, I want, and I definitely want to cover the packaged foods and how to avoid that a little, a little later too. But when I'm, when I'm looking at an, uh, an oil if it just says vegetable oil, then I definitely want to avoid it. But even if it says, say, sunflower oil, I, I'm guessing I still need to read those ingredients and make sure that's the only oil that's in there. Um, if the front of the label says it's sunflower oil, then it should be just sunflower oil. Okay. Now, now I've got to start paying a little more attention. I, of course, I always tell my listeners no fried foods and to read their labels, but this is this is a whole nother another piece to be looking for. Um, what about wheat? I've heard about uh, genetically modified wheat. Is that out there in the market? Wheat is not actually genetically modified, so it isn't changed through this particular process. There are a okay. whole lot of other things that have occurred with wheat that have turned it into um, a, you know, pretty harmful food for most people, but that's completely different. That was done through hybridization, um, but weed is kind of an unusual plant in what happens with its DNA when you, when you combine two weeds together. So um, it's not genetically modified. There are other okay. reasons why you might not want to eat it, but it's, it's a different thing. <laughs> okay, so the big four that we're looking at, corn, soy, cotton, and canola. Soy, corn, cottonseed, and canola. Okay? Perfect. And then another big one is sugar beets. Oh. And so if you read a label and it says, Sugar is <laughs> probably going to have genetically modified sugar beet in it. If it says 100% cane sugar, 
then you know it's just coming from sugar cane. The two main sources of what they call sugar are sugar cane and sugar beet. So if it's sugar beet, then it's likely to be genetically modified. Wow. So uh, most just plain sugar is going to be the genetically modified sugar beet. Yeah. And then you also have um, most Hawaiian papaya, papaya coming just from Hawaii, not anywhere else in the world. And then a small amount of zucchini and crookneck squash are also genetically modified. And then, unfortunately, um, genetically modified alfalfa was approved. And so there is now genetically modified alfalfa growing out there, um, which is going to cause all sorts of complications when it comes to livestock because alfalfa is one of the primary crops that is used to feed livestock. And then um, they are really pushing to get genetically modified salmon approved, and I really hope that we're able to avoid that. I wrote a very interesting ar- article called Franken Salmon. So yeah. people that, that want to know a little more about that, they can they can read it. But So let's get back to the, the four that w- we want people to look for, soy, corn, cotton, yeah. canola, and then sugar. I'm going to say sugar in here too because um, sugar's already got other issues that I would like people to pay attention to from a health perspective. So let, let's, I'm going to add that as one of those that, that they need to also pay attention to for genetic modification. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, let's, uh, we need, we have to take a short break right now. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion of genetically modified foods. Remember, you can connect with me on this topic or on anything else through Facebook or Twitter at The Right Plan. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way, the Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Better than an apple a day? An online membership to The Right Plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why The Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. 
everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. If you have a question for Kelly, you can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now let's get back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue to Eat Well to Live Well. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today we've been talking about genetically modified foods with our expert Sandra Lee as she's explained that the main foods we're going to try and avoid here are soy, corn, cotton, canola, and sugar, sugar beets. So let's get a little bit back to uh, a question that, that, that just has to come to everybody's mind. What is the purpose of genetically modifying these plants? Well, there's a lot of reasons that are behind the reasons that they tell us. The reason why they tell us we want to have these is because this is the way we're going to feed all the hungry people in the world. As it turns out, that's not really what's happening. That's not the reality of what's going to occur, but that's the reasoning that they give. Um, They also do it because it makes it easier for them to control weeds because of the whole herbicide thing, and it makes it easier supposedly for them to avoid pests like um, the corn borer that kills the corn because um, another genetic modification that is where um, the plant itself makes the toxin, makes the insecticide. So they say that it makes it easier for farmers to be able to grow the crops because they don't have to spray so much pesticide, they don't have to spray so much herbicide. As it turns out, it's not really working out that way. Um, The amount of pesticide and herbicides that they have been using has increased dramatically because the weeds and the pests are becoming resistant to the herbicide and the pesticide. I I watched a a video of a farmer being interviewed, and he was showing um, fields of crops, supposedly, that had been sprayed with Roundup, the herbicide, Mm -hmm. and the weeds were, like, taller than the man. Wow. The weeds were not being killed by the herbicide. So the amount of Roundup herbicide that has been applied is dramatically increasing such that the government um, is repeatedly being called on to increase the amount of residue from the Roundup that is acceptable in our food because there's so much of it being used, they're having to up the amount that is allowed in our food. How, and then, how is it that I, if I look at Roundup, which granted I, I haven't in a while, but I'm sure if I grabbed some Roundup and read it, it's going to tell me that it's poisonous and that I should not eat it um, and that I should probably, you know, call poison control if ingested. So how is it being allowed into our food system then? this I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me. That's a, a pretty complicated question. So um, they use the evidence that um, because it's in our food all the time, it's not killing people, it must be safe. Oh, great. And the mechanism by which it works supposedly does not affect humans because we don't have that particular, you know, pathway in our metabolism. Um, What they don't talk about is that the way the Roundup works is by chelating minerals. Chelating is where you have this substance that grabs the minerals and makes the minerals so they're not available to the plants, not available to people, not 
available to the animals that consume whatever that food is. So it grabs the minerals. They're not available. Mm. But we use the minerals to keep us healthy for our body to be able to function. The plants also use those minerals in order to be able to function. So when this Roundup is applied, it doesn't immediately kill the plants, and the residues in our foods don't immediately kill us, and yet it is affecting our health because it removes the minerals. It, It keeps our body from being able to function properly and keeps the plants from being healthy. So when we talk about genetic modification, it sounds like we're talking about two, I guess you'd say, traits that are being modified. The ability to uh, uh, have an insecticide or an herbicide within the plant. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? The, 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 it's easiest to use an actual example. Okay, so okay. BT corn, BT is an insecticide that has been considered safe and is even acceptable for use on organic agriculture, spraying Bt pesticide. But the Bt plants actually make the pesticide inside themselves. Every cell of the plant makes Bt toxin. I don't want to eat that. No. Well, (laughs) and the way Bt toxin kills the insects is it breaks holes in their digestive system and, and kills them that way. It is very hard for me. I know I'm not a bee. I get that. I'm not a bug. But at the same time, it's a little bit hard for me to actually conceptualize the fact that if, if the, there's holes in the digestive system of an insect from eating this corn, how can that not do something to me? Yeah, and it's in every cell of the plant. And in amounts that are like thousands of times more than you would possibly ever have if a farmer sprayed it on his field. Wow. And it's made by every cell of the plant 24 hours a day. Wow. Well, I know that the the science behind this is, um, it's complicated by all means. And and what I'm going to do, because I don't want to spend a lot of time boring people with the science if that's not what they're interested in, uh, is I'm going to post your video, Understanding the Science of Genetically Modified Foods, for the listeners um, on my website so that they can then really go into depth because you, you do a fabulous job of really explaining the science behind this. And it's probably too much for this show, but if, if people are interested in all the science piece, I really want them to take a look at that presentation you did as it's very, very informative. Great. Um, I do, I do want to explain a little bit about how the Roundup Ready works because it's different. Great. Okay, okay go right so ahead. The, the BT plant, BT genetically modified plant, actually makes the BT toxin inside the plant. That's the protein that the plant makes that makes it have this property. The Roundup works differently. The Roundup Ready crops, you still spray the Roundup on the plants. The, what the protein is that the plant makes is a protein that makes it so the Roundup doesn't kill the plant. It's not actually making the pesticide. Okay. It makes the plant that makes it possible for it to survive. And then, unfortunately, when they spray the plant with the Roundup, the plant itself doesn't die, but it pulls the Roundup inside the tissues of the plant. And a lot of that Roundup winds up going into the seeds, and the seeds is actually usually what we wind up eating. So the part of the plant that we eat is where the concentrated Roundup winds up being. Yeah, I still think I'm going to skip this food. I just, I can't, I just, I just don't want to eat Roundup. That's wise. Yeah, it's, um, ugh, 
Yeah. So based on this, why do we really need to be paying attention? Why, why, do, we, why do we even care about this piece? Well, it affects health. I mean, okay, so- there, there, there's no scientific studies that show that it ha- impacts the health of human beings because no studies are required, which I think is ridiculous. But they don't do safety studies for human feeding. There so are some are th- animal studies that have been done, and there have been a lot of evidence showing that there are tremendous health impacts on these animals when they do the feeding studies. But there aren't human feeding studies that are, that are mass, you know, large human feeding studies that are done. They're not done because they're not required. Well, isn't it our government's job to ensure the safety of our food options? Theoretically. Theoretically, we should be able to trust that whatever it is on the store shelf should be safe for us to buy. I mean, that, that, you know, that's just an inherent thing that should be part of the reason why our government is there doing these things. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the case. The FDA, say, this doesn't seem like that. No. The FDA's official policy about genetically modified foods was developed in 1992. And this is what the... This is the whole reason why we have this genetically modified food thing to deal with. So this is the official policy. The agency is not aware of any information showing that foods derived by these new methods differ from other foods in any meaningful or uniform way. What they're saying is they don't have any evidence showing that they're different. So they're saying that they are what they call substantially equivalent. What substantially equivalent means is if you have a genetically modified corn and a non-genetically modified corn, that there's no difference between the two. There's no, now, difference. there's no difference between the plants. There's no difference between the effect on the health or on the bodies of the animals or the humans that eat those plants. That but there's now no we've, difference we've... in effect. Now, I have read, though, that even at the point where they made this policy, there were FDA scientists calling that into question. Yeah. The scientists before 1992 had looked at this and said that there are a lot of potential issues. They said that there's potential for new allergens, new toxins, new diseases, and new nutritional problems. So the FDA scientists had a lot of concerns. They said, you know, these really need to be studied, thoroughly studied, before they are released to the public because of all these potential dangers. So how did that get ignored? The man in charge of the FDA's policy about genetically modified food was actually um, a Monsanto executive. Monsanto is a large um, pharmaceutical and chemical company that is the creator of a lot of these genetically modified crops. And so this Monsanto executive, his name is Michael Taylor, and he was a former Monsanto attorney. And when he went back to Monsanto, he was a Monsanto vice president. And now he is the U.S. food safety czar. Oh, my goodness. So our, our government has brought this, you know, Monsanto attorney into this agency that is supposed to regulate our food. And it's like the, you know, the fox guarding the hen house. That's he's exactly charge, what I was he's thinking. A, yeah, he's in charge of FDA policy when it comes to genetically modified food. And obviously there, there's, he has a huge stake in that policy then benefiting the company for which he works currently and previously. 
Absolutely. Well, that's a little bit scary, but um, I guess that's that's why we need to be having these discussions because it's more than the science. It's also some of the politics behind it. So, you know, we, we need to be paying attention to where our food is uh, being scientifically, scientifically altered. Uh, well, let's take a quick short break. Uh, you're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. We'll be right back with my guest, Sandra Lee, to learn more about um, not only genetic modifications, but what we can do when we're shopping to identify them. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Here is your opportunity to create a vibrant new you. Join international radio talk show host Kelly Hill and women's natural health coach Michelle Greenman at the Vibrant New You Retreat. This retreat will empower you to make the changes you've been searching for and help lay in the foundation for living the life you want to live, the vibrant you. Located at the beautiful Ashland Springs Resort in Ashland, Oregon, this retreat will help you create a vibrant life by first constructing your perfect plan and setting your vision and creating accountability for yourself. Kelly and Michelle will help you conquer negative self-talk, find positive motivation, and teach you how to create more vibrancy in your life. The Lithia Ashland Springs Resort offers its guests free breakfast each morning, natural mineral waters with soaking tubs, and so much more. For more information about the Vibrant New You Retreat, visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat. This wonderful opportunity is only offered to a limited number of people. So visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat to reserve your seat today. Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health. Using nutrient-dense whole foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. In this new book, Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. You can connect with the show by emailing Kelly at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Follow Kelly on Twitter at The Right Plan. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill, joined by Sandra Lee today explaining genetically modified foods. So um, I want to start with basically, you know, we've, we've broken down the, what, how foods are genetically modified, the ones that we want to avoid, the, the soy, corn, cotton, canola, sugar beets, and, and sugar in general to some extent. And before we get to um, a health ramification, I have to ask kind of a, a, maybe a little bit of a silly question, but is there really any health benefits to genetically modified foods? 
No. In one word, no. There are no consumer benefits. There's okay, no improvement. So- there's no there's no improvement in nutritional quality. Actually, nutrition quality is significantly worse. There's no improvement in taste. There's no improvement in shelf life. There's no improvement in texture. There is nothing that would have you say, "Oh, I want to go out and get a genetically modified food today." The only ones who benefit basically are the chemical companies because they're able to sell the more expensive seed and they're able to sell the chemicals that wind up being applied to those plants. They make it seem like it's also a benefit to the farmers, and it's true it does make weed control easier and maybe pest control easier in the beginning, but it winds up not working out that way for very long because the farmers have to deal with resistant weeds and resistant pests, so they wind up needing to apply more and more and more. And it also turns out that their their crop yields wind up decreasing. So there is no significant benefits to the farmers. The only ones who benefit are the are the big corporations that you know sell the seed and the chemicals. And yet, and yet it's still out there, um, and and there's still this argument that that is constantly going on. It's it's everywhere at this moment, uh, battling. So what ha- what have the sciences, the studies that have been done, what have they shown as some of these health ramifications, even though I know they're not done on, on humans, and yes, I understand I'm not a rat, but let's, you know, let's talk about what, what are some of these potential uh, harm that we could see if the, the animal testing follows suit and becomes what happens in our humans. There are a couple of significant tests that were done that I want to tell you about. The first significant in-depth study that was undertaken was undertaken by Dr. Arpad Pustai um, in Europe. And he is an expert in feeding studies, and he was designing the perfect feeding study for the genetically modified crops. And so he took three groups of rats. One group of rats got genetically modified potatoes, in this case, the next group of rats got a genetically modified potato to which the pesticide had been added. This was genetically modified to make a pesticide. So he took the pesticide itself and added it to regular potatoes. And then the third group of rats got regular potatoes. And they, he fed them to these rats. And he intended to have this be a study where he fed the rats these foods for the, over the course of their lifetime. But in less than four months, he found these rats developed potentially precancerous cell growth in the digestive tract, so potential for cancer, smaller brains, livers, and testicles, atrophy of the liver, and their immune system was affected. That's in less than four months. Wow. So that's pretty significant. And then the next study I want to talk about is um, something that's been up in the Internet media recently. Have you heard of the Seralini study? I have not. Well, so um, I encourage you to go online and look it up. Um, Seralini, S-E-R-A-L-I-N-I, that's the name of a scientist. And he did the, a first lifetime feeding study for rats. So he fed these rats this genetically modified diet, not completely genetically modified, but including these genetically modified foods over the course of their lifetime, which is a couple of years for rats. And the cancer, the tumors that these rats developed are absolutely horrendous. I mean, if you see the pictures, you'll, you'll see what I mean, that it's just astonishing that these, these animals would grow these cancers, huge cancers that are just visible if you look at the rat. Just like the, the female rats in particular had a lot of mammary tumors. It was very, very dramatic. 
So Boy, that, we, we that certainly have recent, se- That was a recent, very well-publicized um, study that was done. Well, we and certainly that, have seen a huge increase in women's breast cancer issues over the last 10 years. So absolutely. it is really then, hard not that, to assume that that's the There's another study I want to tell you about that is also addressing a really common issue that we are experiencing. There was a study where this scientist fed um, rats, uh, female rats, genetically modified soy um, before they conceived, during their pregnancy, and then while they were feeding their, ba- you know, feeding their babies. And um, in less than three weeks, over 50% of the baby rats died. Oh, my gosh. Over 50% death in three weeks. Wow. And then the babies that they um, tried to have those babies of the genetically modified food-fed mothers tried to breed them, they couldn't conceive at all. Goodness. So this shows a huge impact on the ability of um, animals and humans to have healthy babies. And a lot of people have been having problems with um, getting pregnant, having miscarriages. It's been a huge problem. Uh, Some of these things. So it sounds to me like the health ramifications of the genetically modified foods that they've studied in animals. uh, It's not doesn't seem like it's a big leap to look at what's happening in our own health system here in America. Yes. And no one is studying if the increases in disease, you know, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, you know, all these health problems, you know, attention deficit kinds of things, behavioral issues, depression. We don't know if the genetically modified foods are having any impact on it because no studies are required. I, I, that is just, it amazes. So, who, so how does that work? How is it that we can have a product? I mean, if, you, if I wanted to go create a new supplement, um, uh, you know, I, it would have to go through some sort of FDA processing. How is it that our food is just completely ignored? Because that whole thing in the FDA policy that they are substantially equivalent. In other words, they're saying it's just corn. It's just soy. It's just the same thing that you've been eating all along. So we don't have to study it. It can't have a different effect. Wow. But, it, but, it, but they admit that this has been scientifically altered. That's what enables them to patent it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's, it's different absolutely. so we can patent it, and yet it's not different so you can eat it. Wow, that those don't even seem like they go hand in hand. And well, and you you mentioned the one gentleman who did the studies overseas, and I just happened to come back from overseas just a couple weeks ago. And one of the things I noticed throughout the areas that I traveled was that there was little little to no genetically modified food. Why is that? Um, over fifty countries in the world require labeling or ban genetically modified food outright. And all of the European Union, right, either requires labeling or, you know, basically they don't allow it in because they've found, you know what, this isn't good for us. We don't want it. And when when it's on the label, if you are someone who is a label reader and you see on there that, you know, contains genetically modified ingredients and you have educated yourself that this is something that is potentially harmful, are you going to buy that? 
No, of course not. I've no. just learned. And the corporations, when labeling is required, they say, oh, nobody's going to want to buy our food. Well, we're just going to be GMO-free. So they now, what choose, I, what I they found choose to do without it. Well, that's what I saw really interesting. I mean, I walked by the same Kellogg's product that's in my grocery store here, and yet in, in Europe, it was not, it had no genetic modifi- modified organisms in it. And yet when I walked into to the grocery store here and looked at the same product, it did. So, I mean, they're, I, I, I'm assuming since they're both the same Kellogg's company, they're, they're making two sets depending on where they're sending it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. And, you know, they make it seem like it's going to increase the cost of our food, this huge amount. It's going to cause all this regulation, you know, requiring labeling, basically. And the reality is that there's virtually no increased cost in our food because the food companies change the labels on their things all the time. It's basically going to be the same as, you know, the cholesterol labeling or the labeling for, you know, contains soy, you know, contains allergens kinds of thing. It's going to be the same level of impact. Well, and I live in Oregon on the west coast of the U.S., and recently California tried to enact legislation that required labeling of products containing uh, GMOs, and now Washington it, it has a similar initiative on the ballot, it seems like labeling would be a good first step. There are, you know, states all over the country that are working on developing labeling requirements. Well, I have to admit, it sounds like they are up against a heck of a battle because just out of curiosity, uh, in preparation for this, I looked it up and uh, big corporations are spending a lot of money. They spent $45.6 million in California and over $11 million so far to defeat the Washington campaign. And these, these are, you know, the biggest contributors are the names that, that you mentioned, Monsanto and then DuPont and Bayer Corp Science. They're spending a lot of money to keep these GMOs from being labeled. Yeah. Another big spender on that is the, um, the, Food Manufacturers Association. I don't remember what it's called. The Grocery Ma- Grocer, Grocery Manufacturers Association. I, I don't know the name of the group, but this is a, a group into which a lot of the big manufacturing companies are members. Gro- Grocery Manufacturers Association, I think it's what it's called. And so it's also a big contributor. So that the uh, individual th- companies don't need to say that they are contributing to fighting labeling. They're just members of the association that's contributing a lot of money. Uh, well, that gets a, gets them around being the bad guy, doesn't it? Um, yep. That's that's sarcasm, just in case you can't tell on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we have to take a short break right now. When we come back, uh, we'll continue with our discussion regarding genetically modified foods and address ways that you can identify these foods when you're out grocery shopping. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Not only can you learn about new and fascinating nutritional products at therightnutritionplan.com, but you can win them too. Every month, The Right Plan features a nutritional or innovative product like the ECO Lunchbox, pumpkin seed butter and pumpkin protein powder, fudge sauce from Wax Orchards, 
Zorba's handcrafted raw chocolates, coconut oil, and so much more. And every month, one lucky visitor will win the product to try themselves. It's easy to enter. Just visit therightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. After you've entered the giveaway, check out some of Kelly's delicious recipes that not only will please your taste buds, but your waistline and health as well. At therightnutritionplan.com, you'll learn more about all the wonderful nutritious options that are available to you and your family. Remember, everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose in the right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. Better than an apple a day? An online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier. Saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. You can connect with the show by emailing Kelly at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Follow Kelly on Twitter at The Right Plan. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill, with the pleasure of learning right along with you today as Sandra Lee has been our expert on genetically modified foods. Uh, Make sure to join us next week, uh, Monday at 2 p.m. I'll be discussing the health impact of sugar and how to make some easy but very necessary dietary changes in order to minimize the effects our overly sweet world has on us. Now, let's talk about some tips for avoiding these genetically modified foods when you're shopping. So we've already listed the main crops to look for, soy, soy, corn, cotton, canola, sugar beets. Um, Where are we going to find these? Unfortunately, you're going to find them in in almost all of the packaged foods. So um, now that I have been, you know, eating this new way to avoid them, I really don't buy much food in packages anymore. <laughs> the closest I get is like canned tomatoes <laughs> because um, I just want to avoid these things as much as possible. But the easiest way to avoid it is to buy certified organic food. And it certainly does cost more, but ultimately I think down the line it's worth it because you're not going to pay when it comes to your health, you know, medical bills and, and getting sick. So certified organic food is supposed to source its ingredients from non-genetically modified sources. Okay, so what, what can listeners do right now to identify a non-GMO product if they are going to buy a packaged food? There is the non-GMO shopping guide that is available free online. Um, Non-GMOshoppingguide.com, I believe it is. Okay. And you can download it. There are also actually 
pre-printed brochures that are available, and they have a smartphone app that you can put on your smartphone, and you can look it up anytime you like. In there, you have categories that tell you if you have cereal, what specific cereals have been paid to be in the non-GMO verified uh, project, and they actually test their foods to make sure that there's no genetically modified ingredients in there. Now, I I usually purchase nutrient-dense whole foods, and that's what I'm I'm constantly spouting. And and right now, it's from my farmer's marker, community-supported agriculture, local food cooperative. And so there aren't really any name brands to identify, but I took this app around the grocery store the other day and had a ton of fun. It was so easy to identify those products by category or brand. Yes. Now, if people like you and listeners to your show who are people who tend to eat primarily whole foods, meaning, you know, you've got a vegetable in your hand or you've got a grain in your hand and you actually cook with that, you know, you can trust that that's not going to be genetically modified. Right. So that, I mean, that's, and of course, that's what I preach is, is, is buy our whole foods, but we still have to identify that those whole foods are not corn, cotton, have canola, sugar beets, soy in them. Now, you, you said that when, when we use the app or we use the brochure for the non-GMO shopping guide, that these, these products have, these producers have been verified. Um, is that, and I want to make sure that I understand that, that they are verifying that, that this is not a genetically modified organism. They actually test the products. That ha- there's a special label. There's a non-GMO project label, and they actually test those products to show that they are below a certain percentage genetically modified ingredients. We can talk about contamination in a minute, but they actually test the products, and then um, they pay to be in the non-GMO project. And they actually find that their sales increase pretty significantly when they become non-GMO verified. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, we do buy a few packaged products and we always look for that label and there is a special label to look for. I will also post that on my website just to make sure people know what, what it is. Yep. And then um, I also want to talk about something else about ingredients. So in the back of the non-GMO shopping guide, there is a list of ingredients that are likely to be genetically modified. Because, unfortunately, soy and corn in particular are hidden in a lot of forms where it doesn't say that it's soy and corn. So um, looking at that list will help you look at, you know, identify ingredients that are likely to be suspect. Oh, that's great because it it's hard sometimes and they get tricky with changing those words around. MSG in particular, we've, we've found out about this for a long time, that because people are aware of MSG being a problem, the companies want to find a way to have it in the food without having to put it on the label. Ah, and, and I'm so, sure, sure yeah. they're doing the same thing with genetically modifi- modified foods as well. Yeah, so it may come from corn originally, but they don't say corn. They may come from soy, but it doesn't say soy. So where can listeners get more information? If you've piqued their curiosity, where else can they, they find information? There are a lot of informational websites out there. Those are, they've really proliferated in the couple of years that I've been doing this, which is great because that means more and more people are becoming aware. The resource I send people to is the Institute for Responsible Technology, and I believe their website is responsibletechnology.org. 
a good place to go on that site is um, there's a place where there's videos and audios that are able to be um, viewed and seen online, and there's a, quite a range of them um, that just give blurps of information that can give, get you more inf- uh, that help help you be more informed, and it can also help you get other people interested in getting more information. So they need to visit the Institute of Responsible Technologies website. Any other favorite resources to, that you would send people to? Um, well, so if you're into books and videos, there are some books and videos that are produced by the Institute for Responsible Technology that are excellent. Genetic Roulette is both a book and a DVD. And if you're interested in helping other people learn about this, the Genetic Roulette DVD is um, a wonderful resource because when people watch it, they realize, oh, this is a problem, and then they then choose to avoid themselves and help other people learn. Um, and Genetic Roulette is a really great book if you want to understand the science. Um, it's, it's easy to read in small sections. Um, and then um, Seeds of... Um, Seeds of Deception, I believe is the name of the book, is um, Jeffrey Smith's book about telling the story of how this all came to pass. But there's other books and and resources and websites. A lot of people are are talking about this now. Oh, thank goodness for that. Um, I I don't know where the hour has gone. Hopefully, Sandra has helped clear up some of the mystery around genetically modified foods for you. Take a few minutes and download the smartphone application. It it is fabulous. I guarantee it. And the non-GMO shopping guide. Take that with you. It'll answer the questions, uh, especially the the mystery ingredients, as I'm going to call them, in the back, uh, as, as Sandra was telling us about. Visit the Institute of Responsible Technologies website. Learn more about genetic modification on their audio and video pages. Remember and look for the non-GMO label. These these are the things that we're going to walk away from, hopefully. Remember that educating yourself is the best way to understand this issue. Then make your shopping dollar count. Every dollar that you spent is a vote either for or against genetic modification. Now, if you enjoy these types of nutrition tips, sign up for my free weekly nutrition tips email at therightnutritionplan.com. Thank you, Sandra, again for taking the time out of your busy day to join us and, and help us understand a confusing and controversial issue. Um, I so appreciate your willingness to share your expertise with me and my listeners today. Happy to be with you, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, next week, learn how to beat the sugar blues because when you eat well, you live well. So join me every Monday at 2 p.m. for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Live Well to Eat Well with Kelly Hill. You can listen to the program live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Everything you eat has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.